0: Go to the book of Joshua in chapter 3 and uh, when you uh, reach that place would you if you're able to please stand as we read God's word. We'll be in Joshua chapter 3. I'd like to show you uh, um, uh, a few things that the Lord taught me during this COVID time. And so here in Joshua chapter 3 we're just going to read a few verses here. We'll start here in verse 1. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. And they commanded the people, saying, When ye see the Ark of the Covenant and the Lord your God and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then shall ye remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits of measure, come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go, for ye have not passed this way hitherto for. And Joshua said unto uh, the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant, and pass over before the people. And they took up the ark of the covenant, and went before the people. Now, of course, this is speaking about crossing over the river Jordan. Now go to verse 14. And it came to pass, when the people removed from their tents, and passed over Jordan, and the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people, and as they that bear the ark ...were to come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark... ...were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all its banks... Uh, ...all the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from above... ...stood and rose up from a heap very far from the city of Adam... ...that is beside Zaraton, And those that came down toward the sea uh, of the plain, even the salt sea... ...failed and were cut off... And the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the Ark of the Covenant uh, of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan. And all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until the people were uh, passed clean over Jordan. So tonight we're going to talk about how we can get victories over our obstacles. And so I titled this uh, uh, message, The First Step is to Get Your Feet Wet. The first step is to get your feet wet. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you again for the opportunity that uh, we can uh, look into your word and have you speak to us through your word, and that, Father, we can uh, apply the principles from your word into our lives. And, Father, we do ask that you'll be here in power, that you uh, uh, speak to your people, and that, Father, help us to have the victory over the obstacles in our lives. Thank you again for the examples. Thank you for the principles of your word. And Father, help us to bring glory to you as we put to practice these principles that others might come to you in, the, in, in finding saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. In your son's name we pray, amen. Thank you, you may be seated. Here, I, I wanted to use this example here in the book of Joshua. I, I read the book of Joshua a, a lot, um, but during the time of covid uh, we have been really under lockdown for about a year and a half. Last summer, we had a little bit of a reprieve, but the numbers went up, so they, they put us back in lockdown in the uh, late fall. And so um, we were not allowed to go outside. We weren't allowed really to uh, uh, to meet other people, to, uh, to do uh, activities. Everything was closed. And so this was becoming very difficult. Well, this was the time this year... My visa was coming up. I had to renew my visa. Well, with the uh, um, government shutting down all the stores and all the offices, that included the government offices. There were no, uh, no opportunities to go to the government office and to renew the visa. So I was a little worried. What am I going to do? And at the same time, uh, uh, since last summer they re- uh, reduced some of the restrictions, I needed to find a church building. Because we moved from uh, the southern part of the city, and we were looking for another place where we can have a building. Because part of my visa was I had to have another address showing a place of work. I could not use my apartment address. So I, that was one of the, re, the stipulations for my, for my visa. And so we started looking all over town. I, I, I thought we might have had a place last uh, July. It was an old church uh, that we were hoping to rent and to use, and it looked like it was going to work out fine. But then August came around, I had no contract. September came, I still had no contract. And so I was contacting them uh, during these times and said, okay, what do we need to do? We need to get in to this building, I need this, this address. And all of a sudden, it all just fell through. They said, well, we're not going to rent it after all. So now, my visa is coming up in January, and I have to have a place. And so we're looking all over the city. I went to different uh, uh, internet sites, different places. And I'm and I'm visiting people. I'm talking to people on the phone. I'm inter- uh, uh, emailing people. And I've had some people that said, that yeah, okay, let's get together. But the first question was, what's the building going to be used for? And I told them, we're, we're going to uh, have a church uh, uh, there. We're going to have church services in there. People are going to come. We're going to... Uh, hear um, about the Bible and about salvation and and singing. And once they heard it was about a church, they told me that we're not going to rent it to you. And I must have talked to about 50 different people to try to find a place so I can rent. I'm paying them so I can use their building so I can have a place to meet with people. But they kept turning me down. And so I was getting very discouraged. And there was my problem right there. This is what the Lord was teaching me that, uh, that I wanted to try to pass on to you that you can learn from my mistakes, okay? I had an obstacle. My obstacle was I needed a church building, and I needed to get my visa because once the visa's up, if you're still in country, you're going against the laws, and you can't come back to the country for, like, five years. So I needed to have the visa renewed, and I needed to get done quickly, And I looked online, and all the appointments, none of those were on because the government offices were shut down. And so I'm trying to do all this work, and there's the key right there. I was trying to do the work. And that's when the Lord spoke to my heart. We're going to devotions, we're praying, Lord, we, we need a building. Lord, show us the direction you want us to go. What do we need to do? And the Lord basically had to tell me, why don't you just sit back and let me do what I need to do, instead of me stepping in his way, instead of me getting in front and trying to accomplish what he can do very quickly. And so we sat back and we said, okay, Lord, it's up, to it, whatever you want us to do, we'll do it. And so all of a sudden, when we came to that decision, and, 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 I, and you can ask my wife, when we came to that decision, when I stepped back, and said, you know what, you're right, I am in the way. I need to get out of the way. This obstacle is greater than I can, I can fathom. I, I just need to get out of the way. And when that happened, a, uh, um, an application came up, a picture came up about a place in a district called Panku in the northeast part of Berlin. And so we answered the uh, email real quickly and said, hey, can we come and look at it? Um, it's, it's about a 45-minute train ride and, and bus ride from our house. But we went up there, and we talked to the landlord. And we asked the landlord about the place. It's an old doctor's office. So it has, like, double doors that are, are, are glass, but you know, the opaque glass, so you can't see through. So it has a big room here, a big room here. It has a bathroom and two offices. I said, this, this will be great. Can, can we rent this? And, of course, what was the first question? What's it going to be used for? He said, well, we're going to to hold church services here. And the landlord said, okay. Really? That's that's it? Yeah. I don't have a problem with that. When can you start? He said, well, how about uh, the end of November? We'll sign the contract. I'm sorry, the end of October. We'll sign the contract for 1st of November. He said, okay. So I had the contract. We signed it. And I've been in that place now since November 1st. And our, and our landlord has come to some of our services. He's open to that. And so we're very thankful the Lord has brought us to a place where we wanted to really start from the very beginning, in Pankuk, in the old northeast part of the city, which was under communist influence. And so now we have a place there. And what's even more re- remarkable, right across the street from our church building, is an auto mechanic uh, place. They fix cars, but not just any car. They fix only American cars. The guy is German, but he's, he lived in California. And so you'll see Camaros over there. You'll see uh, trucks over there. You'll see different American cars. And on the front of his building, he flies the American flag. So when we come out of the church building, we look up, we see the American flag. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. And so uh, we now have a church building. Now, what do I do about my visa? What do I do about the visa? Because I still need the visa from my wife and I. And no offices are open. Well, the Lord brought us to a, a lawyer. We really didn't want to go through a lawyer, but he brought us to a lawyer. And we were able to go through the lawyer, and, and she had... The opportunity, because she knew somebody in the government office, and so she set up the appointment. She set everything up for us. She did have some questions for us, though. One is, I see you don't pay taxes in Germany. I said, you're right, because my money comes from the United States. I don't, I, I don't receive any money here in Germany. Matter of fact, Germans would be very cautious not to have me here because I bring in thousands of euros and take nothing from Germany. So it would would just behoove them to have us here. And then she said, well, you really should have a sponsoring church from Berlin to have you here in the city. I said, well, we really don't have a sponsoring church, but I'll tell you this. And this is what I told her. uh, The Lord wants us here in the city of Berlin. The Lord brought us here. The Lord has uh, moved, moved us here. And the Lord wants us to hand out the gospel here. If the Lord wants us here, the Lord will make a way for us to have the visa. And she said, you want me to put that down? I said, go ahead. And then a few weeks later, we got an email saying, your appointment is approved and you, and you have your visa. We just had to go to the office and wait hours, but we had to go to the office and we had a four-year visa. That's only because of God. Because we followed the principles here that I would like to show you here tonight. Here in in Joshua. So, once again, the title, the first step is to get your feet wet. This is how we have victory over obstacles and trials in our lives. And I know every one of us has trials. I know every one of us has obstacles in our lives. Just going through this last year and a half with COVID is a major obstacle. But God can use it for his glory. Any obstacle that we have, any trials that we have, we can have victory through them. It doesn't matter what the world says or what the world does. We can still have victory and God will still get the glory. But we have to follow these principles. So let me show you here. Now, of course, uh, some little bit of background. We know that uh, uh, because of uh, Israel's unbelief, they had to wander in the wilderness for 40 years and now we get to a point where they're coming uh, into Canaan land, but they're uh, up here by the river Jordan. And they're ready to take their inheritance, but they have to cross the river Jordan. And so this is a, a time that is, is kind of a problem for them, because as it says there in verse 15 of, uh, of Joshua chapter 3, that this was a time of harvest. Now, what, what does that mean? The river was overflowing It was outside of its banks and what people have said that during this time it was over a mile wide. Now I'm from North Dakota. We have seen the Red River flood every year in North Dakota. The Red River between the border between Minnesota and North Dakota flows north. It goes into Canada. So as Canada is still frozen, we're thawing out, the water has to go north but there's nowhere to go so it spreads all over North Dakota and and Minnesota. So I've seen rivers that flood, and they're impassable. You cannot go through them. The the current is so fast, and, and, and it's so wide that it just shuts down everything. So this is the time frame that we see here with the children of Israel. They're at the river, and they're seeing normally it's about 100 feet wide, but now it's like a mile wide, and it's moving very quickly. Very quickly, and they're saying, "Well, what do we need to do?" Well, once again, God brought them to the this time uh, to the river at this time for a purpose. He had a reason to bring them to this uh, uh, time uh, time period, because He wanted to let them know that He doesn't want man to boast about going over the river. He wants to let them know that I brought you over the river or through the river. That's what happens with us when we have obstacles in our lives. Once again, like myself, trying to figure out, how do I take care of this problem? And God said, you can't. When you have obstacles, you can't take care of them, but I can. And so God brings some some uh, very difficult times, but he says, you trust me and follow me, and you will see victory in your life, so that's what we see here as they come to the River Jordan, and, uh, uh, and my problem, when I, when I got saved in 1997, uh, I was uh, an air traffic controller in the Air Force, um, I played soccer, uh, I ref soccer, uh, I had a very good life, I had a life that I was very proud of, and that was my problem. I was proud. And the Lord brought me out of that area. Now, pride still comes up. But the Lord has to deal with me with that when that does come up. But I was very, very, very proud. And what happens when you're proud? Well, it brings you down to destruction. And the Lord wants us to realize that without Him, that's where we'll end up in destruction salvation if you do not come through the only way through the lord jesus christ where are you going to end up in a place called the lake of fire it's only through jesus christ and that's how we deal with our obstacles we must go through god not ourselves and so that's what we we see here that the children are Isra- uh, of israel are now at the jordan river and they're looking at it as like how are we going to cross this and God says, you're not going to, but I'm going to bring you across. And so, But he gave them some instructions. Let's look at these instructions here tonight. Um, let's start off here and looking in verses 3 and 4. We see that God gave them a challenge. He gave them a challenge here. And so let's see here in verse 3. And they, and they commanded the people, saying... When ye see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests of the Levites bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits of measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go, for ye have not passed this way hithertofore. So we see here that we have a challenge to go forward. A challenge to go, but there's some stipulation here. The Lord gave them three very important things to follow. First of all, he said, watch me. Watch God. He says, keep your eyes on the ark. Okay, here we're speaking here about the ark. The ark was, the, uh, and in the children of Israel's eyes, it was the presence and the power of God. And he says, keep your eyes on the ark. Watch this. In other words, watch me. Now, that doesn't mean that we only do it on Sunday mornings, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. It's every moment of every day, of every week, every month, every year. We keep our eyes on him. We watch him. And we follow where the place that he wants us to go. Um, When we face times of crisis and we need direction, we need to turn to God. God. We need to go right to the source. When I didn't go to him about finding the building, and it was frustrating hearing over and over and over again, oh, it's for a church? No, we don't want you. But when I turned it over to God, and God said, let's take this path, the first place we went to, we heard, okay, that's not a problem with me. We had to keep our eyes on him. And unfortunately, I think a lot of times... Uh, we are not sensitive to the movement of God. And we need to be in that position. And how do we do that? We need to be in church. We need to hear the counsel from God. We need to be in God's word every day and praying and asking and following His guidance and direction in our lives. Even on the simplest things. Do I make a right-hand turn or make a left-hand turn? But we need to follow His guidance. Follow the path that He has. And so... Uh, um, uh, Every day the Lord teaches, matter of fact, uh, you don't have to turn there, I wrote it down, but here in John chapter 5, in verse 19, in verse 20, it says, Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the Father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the Son likewise. For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these that ye may marvel. We need to be following the, uh, uh, the day-by-day leadership and watching of God. Secondly, we see here that we need to follow God. When the ark moved, they were to move. When the ark stayed, they stayed. We need to do the same thing in our lives here. We need to, as the Bible says here, leave your place and go after it. That's what God wants us to do. And so uh, they were to pursue after God. That means at times you're going to have to leave your place of comfort. Okay, I was very happy being in North Dakota, even though it's cold. But I was very happy. But God said, move. And And we moved. And when we were in Berlin trying to get this building... Once before, I told you, I did not follow the Lord. I tried to do things on my own. But then when we let it go and follow, started following his guidance and his precepts, he said, go to the to Panku. And so we got up and we went. Now, it's a little distance for us. We live on the other side of Berlin, in the west part of Berlin. So it takes us about 45 minutes by train and bus to get to church. But God said, Go and we moved and we have a building that's what we need to do as God's people we have to be willing to uh, uh, go where he tells us to go and it might not be easy but it is the right thing to do it's the right thing to do Um, following God is not the easiest thing in the world to do but it is always the best thing to do always the best thing to do so if we want to get past the obstacles in our lives, we need to follow God wherever he leads us, wherever he leads us. And then also uh, another part of this message that God put in these verses here, he said to honor God. What do you say there about the ark? That you, there needs to be a space between you and it. Okay, now this is important. Two reasons. One, when you have two million people trying to follow the ark, you need to have a little bit of a space so you can see it. okay? If you're right up on it, you're not going to be able the people behind you are not going to be able to see it very well. So they had to be at least 3,000 or so feet behind you so they can see when the ark moved. But more importantly, it's for the honor of God. The Levites were the, were the only ones that were supposed to be near it. You remember the story there in, in, in second uh, uh, Samuel, chapter six with Uzzah, remember when he put his hand up to save it, what happened to him? What were the consequences? He was killed. Why? I mean, he had great intentions. He didn't want that piece, uh, that furniture, the, 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 the presence of God to uh, fall down. He had all the greatest intentions in the world, but he didn't follow the principles of God's word. Now think about this with, with Uzzah and with us today. Uzzah had that piece of furniture in his house for a long time. He probably got used to it. Probably got used to it, seeing it, walking around it, being near it. And so when that thing started moving, started coming off that cart, of course, what was the first instinct? To put his hand up to try to stop it. He got to, uh, uh, um, um, how should I put it? Treating God like a buddy. God is not the man upstairs. God is supposed to be honored and respected and have, have a, 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 a respect fear for God. And Uzzah was walking around this piece of furniture and I think he, he lost that respect that he's supposed to have for this, this piece. Well, what about us today? How many Bibles do we have in our house? Do we just set them on the table? Walk around them, no big deal about them. Do we not uh, uh, take time and and to read them, to pray, to uh, really have God speak to our hearts or we just treat it lackadaisical? Okay, I did my Bible reading today. I'm good and put it down. We need to honor God. We're not going to have victory over our obstacles if we don't honor God. That's what we need to be really watching out for. We need to remember that we are nothing. We are sinners saved by his grace. That's what we are. And we need to remember that. Also, we see a a commandment from God. Look here in verse 5 of Joshua chapter 3. And Joshua said unto the people, sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Here we see a command. Joshua said, sanctify yourself. We need to be sure that we are clean and as holy as possible. When we had the building come up, what did I do that I should have done? I should have went to the Lord first. I had to confess that. I was not as clean as I really should have been. And I needed to bring that before God and let Uh, 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 and humble myself before him and saying, God, I was wrong. And we need to do that when we have obstacles in our lives. We need to examine ourselves so that the Lord can do wonders in our life. We need to look at ourselves. Is there sin in in my life? Am I holding back something that I really should be confessing before God? Because if we have sin in our lives, if we have something that's holding us back we're not going to have victory. And that obstacle is just going to get bigger and bigger in our eyes. We need to sanctify ourselves and confess our, our, our faults, our, our uh, uh, sins to God. First John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us, uh, um, our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what we need to do. We need to make sure that we are clean and ready to be uh, doing what the Lord has us to do. And then we also see here in verse 9 through 13, we see that it involved a commitment. It involved a commitment. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will, without fail, drive out from before you the Canaanites, and the uh, Hittites, and the Hevites, and the uh, Parasites, and the Gershites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and of all the earth passes over before you into Jordan. Now therefore take you twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe a man. And it shall come to pass, as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the Ark of the Lord the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above and they shall stand upon a heap. Here it involved a commandment. The Israelites had to realize this is not my plan. I can't cross Jordan. Jordan is is very wide and very fast. I can't go through it. But God can make a way. This is His plan. And we need to follow His plan. And so God brought them to this place, and God said, I will take care of it. And they had to commit to what God was going to do. We need to do the same thing today. We need to follow the principles that God has in his word and commit ourselves to those principles, even though it might sound very difficult. You really, want me to do what? But commit yourself and you'll see victory in your life. You'll see that obstacle to be erased. But a lot of times we experience in our lives a lack of faith to God's promises and principles in his word. I'll give you some examples. Uh, We worry over tomorrow. We worry about tomorrow. Yet in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 34, it says, Take therefore no thought of the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. We worry over material things. But in Philippians 4, uh, 4 and verse 19, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We worry about facing various things in life. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 5, it says, Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We worry over so many things that the Lord tells us that all of our worry is sin. And it's our duty to trust him. Philippians 4 and verse 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The bottom line is this. Jesus Christ is all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present. He knows what you're going through. He knows what the obstacles are. Why do we worry about them? Let's commit ourselves to God. God is with us. God wants to direct us. God wants to show us the path he wants us to take. Let's bring honor and glory to God. And he will remove the obstacle. He will take that out of your way. He took that church building problem from me. With, without even really blinking an eye, when we made that decision, okay, God, what do you want us to do? Bam, the email came. And we'll talk about it here in a few minutes, but it takes faith. It takes faith. But I said, God, okay, show me what you want. And there it was. Same thing with the visa. God took care of it in a way that, in our minds, there was no way it should happen. And in the lawyer's mind, there's no way it should happen. But in God's mind, not a problem. Not a problem. And we got our four-year visa. God is a great God. All we need to do is simply trust and follow his standards. So that's what we have here. Uh, uh, If we want to have victory over obstacles, we need to examine the message that God has for us. Secondly, if we want to have victories uh, over the obstacles of our life, we need to expect a miracle. We need to expect a miracle. Okay? Uh, and verse 15 of chapter 3, the, the second part of verse 15, it says there... Well, I'll go and read the whole, the whole verse. And as they that bear the ark were coming to Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest... We see here, as soon as the priest stepped into the water, the water separated. It separated. Has the children of Israel seen that before? Not this group. <laughs> the others saw the red, the red Sea go, but not this group. Have we seen miracles in our lives? I can venture to say you probably have when you follow these principles. We need to expect a miracle. Did I ever think that I would get my visa? No, I didn't. But when we turned it over to God, it was not a problem. It was taken care of very quickly. We need to expect that. When things come up in our lives, how are we going to get through this? I don't know, but God's going to do it. I don't know how he's going to do it, but God's going to do it. We're going to see something that I've never seen before, but I can't wait to see it. That's the attitude we need to have. That's what the spirit we need to have saying, boy, that 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 uh, river is going to separate and I'm going to look forward to seeing that. That obstacle is going to disappear and I'm looking forward to see how God's going to do it. That's the attitude we need to have, not looking at the obstacle itself, but looking at God to take care of that obstacle. That's what we need to have here in our lives. Um, this river, like I said, was impassable. There's no way that the children of Israel were going to walk across or go through this river. So let's see, maybe we can come up with another way. Let's build a bridge. But we don't have the time and we don't have the materials to build a bridge. So how about we take boats? Two million people. And plus, there'll be easy prey for their enemies. Nope, that's not an option. The only way to get into Canaan was to go through the river. And God made that path possible. That's the only way and God made it work. And I want you to also notice that they walked on dry ground. Usually, the bottom of rivers are very muddy. Not this time. They were able to walk on dry ground. Two million people. God showed them a great miracle. And he wants to show us a miracle. Uh, um, Unfortunately, like myself and a lot of people that go to church, We have the attitude of the 10 spies that went into the land of Canaan and saying, whoa, there's some big boys there. I don't think we can take them. Uh, It just looks too hard. I'm afraid a lot of us have that attitude. We need to have the spirit of Caleb and the spirit of Joshua saying, we have God. Who cares what they look like? Who cares what they have done? Who cares what, uh, uh, what kind of armies they have? Our God is more powerful than them. That's the attitude that we need to have as we go through with our, uh, our, our, our uh, obstacles. The problem that a lot of times that we go through, we have obstacles in our lives is that we forget God and look to ourselves. We need to flip that. We need to not look at ourselves and remember God. Go to God. That's what we need to do. We also see that there was a plan here in verse 15. God gave him a plan. He says, as soon as the priests put their feet in the brim of the water, it will separate. That was God's plan. Now, that takes faith. Okay, the river is going by very quickly. And it's rushing. And we're looking, at, I'm going to go through this? But as soon as they put their foot there, it parted. That's what we need to do in our lives. God's going to say, you need to put your foot in the brim of that water. But God, it's, it, it's so large. It's so fast. Put your foot in the water. Let your feet get wet. And you'll see the miracle happen. Don't let Satan whisper in your ears saying how big the problem is. Look into the Bible and see how big God is. That's what we need to do as Christians that have obstacles in our path. Um, God will take care of his children, but we need to do our part as well. God will give us a plan, but God's not going to do everything for you. Like I think a lot of us want us to happen. God, we take away this, take away this obstacle. That's the ultimate goal. We want to see that go. But God says, well, I have a plan, but it's going to take some faith on your part to go as well. There's some things that you need to do. You remember the story of Peter when he was in the prison in Acts chapter 12? He couldn't get out of that prison. He was chained. He was behind bars, so to speak. But yet, later on, he's walking on the streets, going to the place where the church was praying for him. How'd that happen? Peter did what he could do, he had faith, and God did the impossible. We need to do the same thing. When God tells us to do something, let's do what we can do. Let's take care of the the things that we can accomplish. And when God says this is going to happen, let's believe it and step out into that water. And we'll see the obstacles disappear. God was able then. God is still able today. We We cannot forget that. We need to keep moving on and seeing. We need to have uh, 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 the attitude of, of Noah, uh, of Moses, Daniel, the, uh, uh, the three Hebrew children, the disciples on the little ship, uh, uh, Saul of Tarsus, and on and on and on. We need to have that attitude if we want to see obstacles removed in our lives. That's the idea here. So we not only have we examine have a, a message that God gives us here, uh, we also uh, uh, need to expect a miracle. But thirdly, here and last for tonight, if we want the obstacles and the trials uh, to go away in our lives, to have victory over them, we need to erect an, a memorial. We see here, and go to Joshua chapter 4 now, to, to the next chapter over, and look here in, in verses 6 and 7 that this may be a sign among you that when your children ask their fathers in time uh, to come, saying, What mean ye these stones? Then ye answer them that the waters of Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord when it passed over Jordan. The waters of Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be a memorial unto the children of Israel forever. We see two memorials here. Let's go on to uh, um, verse 21. Verse 21 of chapter 4. And he spake unto the children of Israel, saying, When your children shall ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What mean these stones? Then ye shall let your children know, saying, Israel came over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of Jordan from before you until ye were passed over. And the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which which he dried up from uh, before us until we were gone over, that all the people of the earth might know the hand of the Lord that it is mighty and that you might fear the Lord your God forever. There are two memorials here that were erected. One on the, uh, the bank on the Canaan side and one in the middle of the river. That's what God wanted to happen. Well, first of all, the one on the Canaan side was to a, a picture of faithfulness of God. This was to be set up so that the people that would come and generations after see this stone and see and remember what God did for their ancestors. And we need to do the same thing. We need to set up memorials and remember what God has done in our lives. Not to say that we we just stay on that memory and not do anything, but we need to have what God did to us yesterday and helped us yesterday to help us to go forward today. We need to have those memorials in our lives. We need to have where we look back and say, uh, son, daughter, this is where God moved in our family's life, and that's why we're here today. Because what God did here yesterday. That's the idea that we have with this picture of faithfulness. But also, the memorial that was in the water, that was in the river, when the water came back, it covered up that memorial. People didn't see that one. Why did God have them do that? Because that's a memorial between the people's hearts and with God. That was a memorial of faith with the people. That was a memorial that the people kept in their hearts and remembered what God did for them. So they didn't come back probably to this memorial that they can see on the, on the, on the bank of Canaan, or the bank of, of Jordan, but they remember the memorial that was in their heart that they put in the middle of Jordan, wherever they were at. And that's what we need to have as memorials in our lives. When we go through tough times, we're going to have people who misjudge us. We're going to have people who criticize us. We're going to have people saying, what are you doing? But we need to remember the memorial that we put in our hearts. This is from God. God brought us here. God put us through this. God took care of this obstacle. That's why we have that memorial built in our hearts. And we cannot forget what God has done for us. So how do we get through these obstacles that we're in on our lives today? We need to make sure that we follow these principles, look at these different things that God has done in our lives and and has shown us that we need to uh, um, uh, 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 examine the message that God has for us, that we need to expect a miracle, and that we need to set up memorials in our lives. If you'll do those things in in, in your life, the obstacles will shrink away. Now, I'm not saying they're going to happen tomorrow. But God will take care of your obstacles when you follow his plan. And they will go by the wayside and you'll have victory in your life. And you'll be able to bring glory and honor to God because of what you have gone through, because others are watching. What do you think about the people in Canaan we're seeing? You think they saw that river part? They'll see the same thing in your lives. You see that obstacle go away, and they'll ask questions. Bring glory to God, and have victory in your life over these obstacles. We live in tough times. There's no doubt about it. We live in very difficult times. Even in Germany, we have a very hard time uh, having daily life. But that doesn't mean that we just crawl up in the fetal position and do nothing for God. There's things that need to be done. There's things or people that need to be spoken to. And then there's activities that we just need to get accomplished. It looks difficult, but with God and following these principles... We will see the wonders from Him. And God wants you to have the wonders in your life as well. He wants you to have victory. He doesn't want you to live in a defeated life. He wants you to have a victorious life. He wants you to show others Jesus Christ through you. Don't let the obstacles beat you. Let God take care of the obstacles and see great and mighty things happen.